I told you that uh, this is a book about being mature. And uh, 1315. 1315. Huh? Who was it? Who was it that said there was, I thought they said there was more like Hebrews 30 or something. No, you thought I said that. that was, I didn't say that. <laughs> there ain't no 30 in it. <laughs> well, anyway. 1315. Okay, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. So there's like three right there. Therefores. <coughs> so what are we going to do? We're going to praise our God. Amen? So that's where we're starting today. Father, thank you for your presence. God, thank you what you're doing in this hour. The things that we see, the things that we know, the things that we have heard. God, thank you. Thank you. Amen. When we fall down on our knees, I believe that the lame 
had this song running through my mind all week 
and um, as far as I know it's never been written before I could be wrong I just don't know so I'm going to teach it to you had someone almost come through the door. It's exciting. (laughs) Worthy is the lamb for sinners slain. Worthy is the lamb for sinners
Jesus is the lamb for sinners slain. Jesus is the lamb for sinners slain. You died on the cross, then rose from the grave. Jesus is the lamb for sinners slain. You pick up a kid. I don't know. Since we're kind of isolated back here doing service, we always lock that middle door, especially with having children back here. And uh, it's just uh, something that needs to be done. And Ronnie generally takes care of that, and I just wanted to make sure we had it. Maybe. <laughs> well, last week uh, I didn't give you a mic, and so we didn't get your oh. comments. <laughs> we didn't, it's my fault. That wasn't very mature. No. And it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyone knew. Ronnie was going to move your chair out from under you. He didn't. He thought better. Do not entertain. Oh, is that it? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. I was just uh, thinking about the, the word. And if you're going to be a mature Christian, you're going to have to read the word. And... Uh, I, I'm the. There's not anybody that's any worse a reader than I am. I'm not a good reader. But they do have some of these apps now that'll read it to you. So if you know what the word says, it'll get in your spirit if you read it. And at the time that you need it, it'll come come up, you'll know. Holy Spirit will remind, remind you of a word. I can remember years ago, uh, we were in a church, a pretty large church, and there, there was a lot of people my age uh, ministering and I'm thinking, God, how is it that I'm going to be able to do what you're asking me to do when all these people are ahead of me? I, I couldn't comprehend that. And uh, as I was reading in the Word, I came across a scripture that says that I will teach you even in the night seasons. And I said, that's mine. I reached up. I, I'm, I grabbed hold of that. God, teach me in the night seasons. Even in the night seasons. When I'm asleep, teach me. And then when I read that, if I hadn't have read it, I wouldn't have gotten it. But when I read it, Holy Spirit says, That's, that can be yours. I said, I want it. <laughs> so if we read the Word, we can, we'll know when we do hear the Word of God or someone is teaching or preaching we can we'll know whether or not it's something that God has said that it's in his word so can I claim that he teaches in the night season absolutely because it says there in Psalm 16 verse 7 I think teach me in the night season Lord 
So, one of the things that we said there in chapter 5, at the end of chapter 5, the word discipline uh, means teach in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 5. He's admonishing some because they haven't gone on to more mature status. And he says, even though uh, you ought to be teaching yourself, you still need to be taught. And God wants us to mature. He wants us. To, he's got things for us in the maturity. It's the difference between going into the promises of God and being brought out. The uh, I was just thinking about it. And we sometimes we want to put on Christianity instead of being Christianity. We don't have to. Uh, it's how we interact with. And it, a lot of times we can, we can say, Lord, He's not a Christian. She's not a Christian. I don't. I don't want anything to do with him. And that's. I'd be all right except for one thing. He died for him. <laughs> so sometimes we get confused as to what's going on. We we like to make fun of people. I was. Uh, around a young man yesterday and uh, I had talking with him I discovered that I knew two both of his grandpas one of them my age the other one's probably 20 years older than me but both both guys this young man's grandpas are one of them was into drugs pretty bad. The other one was quite a rounder. Uh, lots of stories about him from out around Stewart, Haywood area, Arpela, Haywood. And I found myself defending them. And I thought, that's kind of odd. Because normally, cause I know the stories. I know both men well. And I could have joined in and didn't. And I thought, that's different. It's because normally we want to say, yeah, I know, I, yeah, they, I, he did this and that. But after they were gone, the Lord was speaking to me about how that... Uh, he had died for them also. And that 
even in their renown, what they known, was known for, he still came for them. And I could have joined in with grandson because he knew he had heard these stories and could have solidified that kind of stuff in his mind as to what was going on. Or I found myself saying, he said, well, my grandpa Rick was, he got into drugs and I I said, well, unfortunately, a lot of people do nowadays. And I said, and then he wanted, when that didn't work, he went to the other grandpa and he said, I heard stories, I heard stories. And I said, yeah, I didn't. So, you know, we can be teachers or we can be what the word for it would be, but where we can help perpetuate uh, something that God doesn't say that they are. God, God wouldn't call them that. He wouldn't. He wouldn't call them. He would call them my sons and daughters. Abhorous gossip. I'm having a hard time hearing. You're soft spoken this morning. How come? Abhorrence. Yes. 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 But I just found it strange that that I didn't join in. You know. And not that I do that a lot, but I just, it was presented to me, you know, served up on a silver platter. It would have been so easy to just join right in. And I'm thinking, hmm, somebody's working hard here. Somebody doesn't want me to wants me to be involved in that, and God says, "No, don't, let's don't do that. We can speak ill of people, or we can be we can see people as how God sees them." Amen. Anyway, I just. God's doing a work in us. Us. And uh, Rusty, he chimed in with me here, said he was a bad reader too. But I'm telling you, you won't ever read the Bible if you don't start. But if you start... It doesn't make any difference. You don't put yourself under condemnation. 
but just read what you can. And let it soak into to you what you are reading. What's God saying in this? What's the Holy Spirit saying in this? Don't miss out on the good things like I, I love the scripture where God when God stopped Abraham from killing Isaac on the altar. This is Abraham. And he says, yes, Lord, because he knew his voice. He'd been in his presence. He'd, if he hadn't known the voice of God, could he have gone on through with it? Maybe. But by knowing the voice of God, knowing what God says, he's able to stop and say, yes, Lord. But when God says, now I know that you fear me, because you've not withheld your only son from me. Now I know that you fear me. What is the fear of God? Teaching your children about God. Not withholding them from God. God said you didn't withhold him from me. What a powerful, powerful word that is. And one of, the, one of my favorite scriptures is in Deuteronomy. It says, He brought you out, speaking of the children of Israel, bringing them out of Egypt. He said, He brought you out so that He might bring you in. It gives you an idea of what God does. There's purpose in what God does. Always. There's always purpose in what God does. So if God brings us out of a situation, what's the end result of that? He wants to bring you into something better. You just lost two more. I didn't see an adult with them. <laughs> so, we're just being practical, right? You don't want them out wandering outside, do you? Maybe I'm wrong here. Oh, it wasn't your kids, huh? Okay, great. Well, I was just saying, if it was, we want to be practical in what we're doing. Make sure. Because there are a lot of people that wander up and down out there. Right, Smith? Yes. So, I'm going to read you one here. In Hebrews 6, it 
Surely blessing, well, we're starting in 14. Surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So, what was the key word? Patience. I can tell you, you can get tried on this one. Having patience. My wife used to say, when are you going to get learn this? <laughs> it's my fault that we couldn't get in a place to eat or something, you know. <laughs> it was my fault that I was throwing a fit about it. Don't pick up, don't put that on the mic. <laughs> uh, patience is a patience is a sign of maturity <laughs> i'm i'm getting some response huh? Amen. Patience is a sign of maturity. And Ronnie says, oh me. Yes. Let's read another one. Chapter 7. says in verse 2, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all when he gave a tenth to Melchizedek, gave a tithe. A tenth is, is a tithe. A sign of maturity is giving, is tithing. Now, if you want to read all of that, you can read in 17, uh, 7 all the way through 10. And it's talking about Melchizedek and giving who he is and who Jesus is in comparison to him and that he is in the order of Melchizedek, neither beginning or end, neither no mother or father. Uh, and Abraham giving unto him. But any way you look at it, tithing is a sign of maturity. No way around it. And Melchizedek was not in the lineage of the Levites. Levites, which the law under the law was was uh, given, so it dispels all the nasty rumors. <laughs> but and there's something about I need I need to let y'all know this. 
something the Lord showed me. In, in being mature, you can miss it on just one point. But it doesn't mess that up. It doesn't mess up everything else. If, you, if I miss it here, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm missing it everywhere else. Does that make sense to you? So God's not going to come hit you over the head and say, bad boy, bad girl, if you missed it. But He will try to teach you. And if you'll get in there and look at it, again, read and know what what He says about different things, then you, you can apply them rightly. It says that back in uh, chapter 5, there at the la- very last part of chapter 5, it says, uh, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So if you will uh, exercise you'll go places with Him in Him with him back to well that's good let me find another one here if you read this if you read Hebrews you're going through there like we are here says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 therefore brethren so anytime you see a therefore or anything similar to that what he's just covered what he's just has said to him he's now because of because of what I've just said to you therefore brethren Having boldness to enter the holiest of the by the blood of Jesus, because of the shed blood of Jesus, we now have the, the ability to go into the presence of God. That was why he sent his son. Not to save us from dead works but to make a way for us to come into His presence and be set, set in His presence, talk with Him, just praise. Let it come out of your lips, it says. That's what we sang and read there before we started this morning. Let the praises of God be on your lips. That's mature, being mature. And here, here it says, 
Be bold. So boldness is a sign of maturity. If you can be bold in the presence of God, go in. Don't, don't stay out. Come on in. And I would like to... Uh, I don't know why we didn't do this last week, but when Kim was saying that there was someone that tried to keep her from, or told her not to come to church, that church is still in existence and the people that said that are no longer there. And uh, it would be different, I'm sure, today than it was when you went. But uh, if you look back at, at that whole situation, and you can see what was going on, you can under, start getting an understanding of why they were so mixed up in what they did with you and said to you. Anyway, again, we don't want to speak evil or bad of them, of that church. And, you know, because, well, it'd be immature. So, Verse 35 of chapter 10. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that you have, after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Be strong as you run this race. Make sure that you don't play yourself out. Let there be an endurance. You have need of endurance so that you might receive the promise. That would be a, one of the saddest things that you could possibly think of is be in the race to the end and you played out right at the end. <laughs> that would be sad, wouldn't it? Chapter 11 Verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. What is your testimony? A good, do you have a good testimony? Can you... Get up and say, hey, I remember when Kay and I was first married and got into church and there was an old man in the church. It was a Free Will Baptist church in Ardmore. And periodically, our pastor would ask for testimonies. 
And you had to be really, really fast to beat this old man. He would be up and he wanted to tell his story. And his testimony was that he had died and went, gone to heaven. And God sent him back. But he was longing for the day when he went back to heaven. And he would tell you about it and tell you that he wanted to be there. I said, I don't remember his name, but yeah, Brother Jay. You couldn't beat him to the draw, man. If you gave him the opportunity, he would tell his story. And it was always the same. But he had been there, and he's going back. <laughs> going to make it. So... Now I can go. Yes. Now I have seen the hand of God. Yes. Amen. Then we go to verse 4 there in chapter 11. It says, by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. When we know to do good and don't, that's not very mature. If we do what God has laid out and said, then that's counted as to us as maturity. By faith Abraham, verse 8, obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would That's an interesting story. Abraham being called to leave his family and uh, Go to a land that I will show you. How he gave it up to son-in-law. <laughs> or actually is his brother's son, wasn't it? Nephew. His nephew. Lot. Lot, Lot had a choice. You choose, and we don't we don't get to see it in writing here. But if you look look at the story, who who had the blessing? Was it Lot or was it Abraham? It was Abraham. And what Lot should have said was, "I'll take whatever's left." I do not want to get between you and God. That's what he should have said. Instead, he took what he thought was the choice plane.
He should. He should have said, I will not get between you and God. <laughs> That's what he should have said. I'll take the leftovers. Whatever's left would be good enough for me. Should have never been a, an argument as to who got what. And when Abraham offered the, that to him, it was, it was the wrong answer. Wasn't mature. Maturity would be knowing what God has said and who the blessing was on. It was on Abraham. Not in any way was it lots to take. No, a sign of maturity is knowing where the blessing lies. We'll do another one or two here maybe. If y'all got some that you want to share, we'll we'll listen to them. Okay, you got the microphone there. We we missed a therefore in okay. chapter seven. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not, this is not an exhaustive. So it's talking about Jesus being a high priest forever because he lives forever. And um, so the he, where it says he in this verse, it means Jesus. So I'm going to read it that way. Therefore, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because Jesus always lives to intercede for them. In the King James Version, it says he's able to save to the uttermost. And what that means is when you come to the Lord and you give him your heart, you ask him to uh, save you, it's not just part of you. It's every single part of you, completely. The parts that are in alignment with what is his will, the parts that are not in alignment with what is his will, he is saving. But, of course, we all have those parts that are not uh, lined up according to his word. And so because of that, he intercedes for us. He is our intercessor. He, an intercessor is one who uh, is a go-between. It's like someone standing between two people with both hands reached out, uh, hoping to grab hold of the two people's hands to bring them close together. That's what Jesus does for us with God. We see God as 
too far away, too holy, too big, too too much God for us to even come close to him. And Jesus says, no, you, you grab hold of my hand. And with his other hand, he's reached out to God because he's seated on the right, at the right hand of God. And he, is, he leads us to, into a relationship with God. But I think sometimes we, we think, well, a lot of me changed when I accepted the Lord. But I've still got these parts. Now, you were, you were saved completely. Whether you choose to walk in that, that's, that's up to you. But Jesus saved you completely. Because he is the high priest who will never die. And he is always there to make intercession for us. To pray for us. To help us when we need help. And so knowing that, when, when, you're, uh, when temptation is there, you can grab hold of him. And he'll pull you closer to God to get you through. Chapter 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. We talked about the fear of God. One way, one way we know for sure that we have the fear of God is that we teach our children. We don't let them teach yourself. It is a wrong concept to think that children will get it on their own. In the Word, you cannot find that. Teach your children. Now I know you fear God. If you don't teach your children about God, somebody else will teach them something that's not God. It doesn't, doesn't say you have to drag them, but it might pay off. I But it definitely is an attribute of being mature in that you teach your children. And here it says, since you are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, teach your children so that you fear God. He knows that you fear God. There's a that whole story of uh, Abraham and Isaac. God says, "Take your son, your only son." Isaac being what God calls the only son. 
Well, there's a son that's 15 years older by the name of Ishmael. Now, I'll just tell you this so you know. God recognized the marriage, the man and the wife. He says, Mike's agreeing with me back there. It, a husband and wife are one, and that shows you, that scripture tells you that Abraham and Sarah were the, that, they're the promise. And uh, what was what was the maid's name? Hagar. That that was not something that God had blessed or ordained. <laughs> but it gives you the idea that again, if you've read it, read it, you'll know that he's talking about a husband and a wife, not just the man. So, the two shall become one. That's Scripture. And you know that, it is, that it's right because God called it to what right. Your wife and the son of your wife, your only son. So, We'll read one more. Go from there. In uh, chapter 13, we read there in 15 about praising God. Verse 17 says, Obey those who rule over you. Now this may be the hardest one yet. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable to you. Obey those who are in authority over you. <laughs> it's talking about laws. It's talking about judges, uh, people who are in authority that shouldn't be, coppers. <laughs> oh. Watch it. Watch out. <laughs> Mike? Yeah. Jesus. A sign of maturity is obeying those who rule over you. I don't know. I think we must have got a bunch of old mys out of that one. (laughs) 
Anybody want to speak? I was in management for years, upper management, and uh, one of the hardest things to do is when somebody says to you, do this, and you know it's morally not right, and your conscience goes against you, and you don't want to do it, and then you take it to the Lord, and he says, this will not fall on you, it'll fall on them. What will fall on you is if you disobey. And so you do it, and you watch a dozen people lose their jobs. It's not easy. It's not hard. So when I say that, I mean it's not easy because you're wrestling with your own moral conscience and you know these people and you have a relationship with them. But it's not hard because when you acquiesce to God and you say, your will be done, Lord. And I had one circumstance that happened to me where I had a young man working for me and he just continually blatantly went against what he needed to do to do his job. And when he was there, he was an amazing worker. But when he wasn't there, he's of no worth to me whatsoever. And the reality was I had a job I had to accomplish. And so it finally came to the point where I had to let him go. And there was a monumental struggle over it because there was a union involved. But he ended up being let go. And I grieved over that because I liked him. We had talked about the Lord many times. And not just that, but I really liked this young man. And I ran into him two years after I had to let him go. And he said to me, Sean, I want to thank you. You letting me go was the best thing that ever happened to me. I had to reappraise my entire life. I had to change things I was doing. I had to re-embrace my family. I got a job that's less money, but I'm completely happy, and I've been happy doing it ever since. So when God asks you to do something difficult, because he always asks all of us to do difficult things, he wants to stretch us. He wants us to grow into a place where he can use us to bring about more of his kingdom. You need to allow yourself to be stretched. You need to say, I'm willing to be stretched. And if you say in your spirit, I, Lord, I'm willing to be stretched. I'm willing to move into what you want me to do and I'm willing to be stretched to get there. Then, then prayers like, oh Lord, give me patience are no longer dangerous. Right? Because there's a willingness inside of you. There's a desire. I, uh, years ago, I, I had a supplier. I had gone to get some stuff from him, and I had called ahead, and the, they had went and checked and made sure everything was ready for me to pick up. And when I got there, it wasn't all there. Well, the boss had came in and gave something of mine to someone else without knowing that I was coming. So it looked bad on him, and he, he didn't want it looking bad on him, so he chewed his wife out until she was crying. And when he got through chewing, she turned around and left. When she got out of hearing, 
I said uh, to the man, I said, if any of that was for my benefit, wasn't necessary. He said, what? I said, if any of that was for my benefit, it's not necessary. He never, ever did that again in my presence. We can, we can change things uh, without being crazy. And I, it would have been, to me, it's like agreeing with something if you don't challenge it. But I didn't have to make him mad. Just had to bring him to his senses because when he, when I told him, I said, "Hey, he, he what? You know?" And he had, I said, "We can make a difference." Now I wasn't, I wasn't trying to challenge him and how he did what he does just if it's for my benefit let's don't do that I don't need that I'm I'm not mad I'm not going to get mad that you gave my stuff away it's alright if I had if I had gone the other way I would have missed it I think I had an opportunity to speak into this man's life because he's a big shot, got a lot of money, and uh, he was used to running roughshod over people, especially his family. I'd seen him do it with others, and uh, I was able to, to, that situation just completely change it. Everything's fine. I got they got busy and made my peace for me, and I came home with everything I needed. And I think that's the way God would like for us to be. Keep an even keel. Not get excited. Not join in. But show out what God has done for you. Show out for, for God. If you want to show out for somebody, show out for God. This is my testimony. This is what I did. This is what God has done in me. This is where I was. This is where I am. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the old me's and old my's. Thank you that you're doing a work in us, through us. We just praise you for it.
Let the praise of our God be on our lips. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have an announcement. Wednesday night, um, well, let me start with we've lost our cleaning lady. And um, we need to clean. And if all of us, are you pointing at me? Oh, if all of us pitch in, you know, probably 30 minutes and we'll have our part of it um, all cleaned up. So I want to encourage you to come. And let's work for 30 minutes getting things swept and dusted and cleaned and, or however long it takes, and then we'll pray. And we'll pray fast so you're not here forever. Charlie, um, y'all don't know Charlie. This is Charlie. Yay, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie blessed us a couple of weeks ago. Charlie and I went, and he bought abundance of groceries. Not only for Camp Hope, they're for Four Rivers. They're for all of us, right, Charlie? That's <laughs> so. If you have need of something, get it. Tell me, we'll get it. I mean, and he had also told me that if you had need of something, let him know. So I just want to thank God for Charlie. Thank for what he brings to us and how he blesses us. And yeah. I know God blesses him. Yeah. And he is all good. And uh, this coming Saturday, I hope and pray. Well, I just say, I stand on God's word. We're going to put the roof on this pavilion that's coming, sir. <laughs> so, so if you can be here, be here. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I can't climb up. <clears throat> well, that ain't no sign you can't mow the ground. <laughs> I saw that it got low. <laughs>